now, 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 your weekly dose of inspiration, inspiration. Perspiration. perspiration, and just the right amount of bull defecation. <laughs> the Get You Some Radio Show, with your host, the Vice President of Making Shit Happen, Terry Lancaster. Everyone, welcome back to the Get You Some Studio. I'm Terry Lancaster, and if you're in sales, and if you're watching this program, you're probably in sales. If you're in sales, you're in the business of making friends. That's the way it's always been. That's the way it's always going to be. Sales is about making friends and forming connections. Today's guest, it says that right on, on his homepage. He says, I make connections for a living. Today's guest is my buddy, Jim Bob Howard. And I've lived in Tennessee my entire life. I had to wait till I was 52 years old till I met someone named Jim Bob. <laughs> then it turns out they're from Texas. So Jim Bob's lived an, ama an amazing life. He's, uh, he's, he's the only person I know with an IMD account, IMDB account, because he's, he's a movie star. He's the only person I know who has purchased a vow from Pat Sajak. He's the only person <laughs> I know who has used his connections to organize an entire conference and convention in Nairobi, sitting in Tennessee, and he didn't know anyone in Nairobi. He's, uh, he, he, he's some kind of guy. Jim Bob Howard. Jim, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Terry. Great to talk to you. And, and, and the other thing, he's, you're, also, you're also now now the author, one of the authors of Unstuck, 10 Proven Strategies for Breaking Through the Barriers to Small Business Growth. So you, you've led some kind of life, right. Bob. It's, it's, it's been an interesting ride, eh? <laughs> I have. It's, I, I've really been blessed being able to to do some of the things that I've, that I've been able to do. When I look back, I think, wow, how did I how did I end up there? So uh, so, yeah, it's been pretty amazing. And I and I'm, I, and I'm not done. I, I'm looking to do some more great things. But that's, you know, and I, I had this conversation with anyone to listen. I'm, you know, I think you're a little bit younger than I am, but I'm 52 years old. And when my parents and grandparents were 52, they were done. They were wrapping it up. You know, let's uh, let's sit on the porch. And you know what? I'm and, and with the with uh, the healthcare and uh, and if and we know we know how to take care of ourselves now we can live to ninety years old. I'm I'm I've got I've got forty good years left, I believe, and uh, I think I'm I'm barely halfway through. I think we I think we've got lots of time. I know, my wife stuff done. My wife and I got married when we were twenty five, and we talked about the fact that we were going to be married until we were one hundred and twenty five. So we uh, a couple of years ago we celebrated our twentieth wedding anniversary, which means you know we've got we're at twenty two now, so we've got seventy eight. Uh, more years of marriage to go. So if she doesn't kill me, um, yeah, we've got uh, we, we've got, got way more ahead of us than we've got behind us. Till death do us part, one way or another. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so tell tell us about the story. How'd you get from Wichita Falls to Nairobi to to Pat Sajak to everything you've right. done? Give us the backstory. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I, I was born in Wichita Falls, but I didn't grow up there. I grew up in uh, in the Dallas area. Um, so spent most of my life in Texas. Uh, made a couple of you know traveling trips out to Florida and stuff like that. But until I was nineteen or twenty, I spent my entire life in Texas. Um, and um, the, how the, the the wheel of fortune happened because I was at the University of Texas and they were doing College Week, and I had always really enjoyed that show. Um, and I found out that they were going to do, uh, they're going to have tryouts, but they weren't going to give you where the information was about where the tryout was going to be unless you showed up and were one of the first 200 people to show up this other place. And so, you know, they're like broadcasted to everybody and then said, okay, first 200 people here get to know where we're actually going to do the tryouts. We come in and we do the tryout. And, uh, the first thing they do is they give you, they give you a sheet of paper and it's got four categories with four puzzles each. And 
a clue. That's it. Or I mean, just the category. And that's all you've got. Um, and you had to get at least half of those to be able to stay in the room. And after that one, we were down to 50 people. So yeah. <laughs> 150 people done, you know, before they even got started. And then we kind of went through, kind of played the game a little bit. And I don't know, you may, you, you talk about, about my name. It's, it's unusual in Texas too, but the people who are doing, I mean, you got people from LA coming out who are do who are getting, uh, trying to show, and then we were going to be doing it in Boston. And so, uh, so they were asking questions like, you know, well, well why'd you choose the university of Texas? And, uh, and I said, well, uh, you know, with a name like uh, Jim Bob, they wouldn't let me into Harvard. So, um, <laughs> so I had to, had to come here and, and they said, why do you think you should represent the university of Texas? And I said, my name is Jim Bob. Yeah. And sat down. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. We uh, we ended up getting to do that. Um, we uh, we went out. Uh, it was Easter weekend, um, and so we spent all day on Saturday learning how to do the show, uh, practicing, learning that you couldn't talk to anybody, you know, because of the whole sixty-four thousand dollar question, you know, thing back in the fifties. And so there's there really tight regulations on game shows, and so we spent this whole day just prepping for doing the show. The next day on a Sunday, we taped a full week on one day. Um, so we did we did three shows, and then then we took a break, and then they we had dinner, and they switched out the audience, and then we did the last two shows after that. So, uh, but it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, when you're watching at home, it's always your turn. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing about being on the show is that when you've got the puzzle figured out, it's not your turn. All right, <laughs> you've right. got to wait. You know, so uh, so it was it was great. We had I had a fantastic team uh, that that went with us. Um, my other two uh, two partners won their shows, and so since they won their shows, they let me do the Friday show because I hadn't won mine. Somebody else won a car, and I was like, ah, I didn't I didn't I didn't make it. Yeah. Um, but they let me do the Friday show. Well, then I won that. And then we ended up getting the bonus around. We got fifty thousand uh, dollar annuity for uh, for University of Texas. So well, it was really a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a blast. Uh, when you talk about Nairobi, that was a that was a different thing. So I had uh, I just organized a SharePoint Saturday, which in my industry um, we do um, we have this free event that we do all around the globe, really, um, where. Folks show up, they learn about SharePoint, we have speakers come in, either local folks or pe people come from wherever. And we had just done one of those in Austin, which is where I was living at the time. And, and I was exhausted. I was like, I'm going to sleep for a month. I, I was so, so worn out from it, but it had gone really well. Well, about two weeks later, my wife is talking to a friend of ours who lives in Nairobi. And, uh, and she and her family had moved there like the previous January. And uh, and it was summertime there because it was January and, and you know, they're below the equator. So it was summer and it's like, oh, you got to come. Um, and, and all you have to do is get here. You'll have a place to stay. We'll have food for you. You know, bring family out. You really ought to come. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you know, if we're going to do that, we ought to do it during SharePoint Saturday Nairobi. So I, there's a website for it. So I went on to look and see when it was and see if I could submit for it. I couldn't find one. And so, uh, so, so it's usually put on by a local user group. And so I went and looked for the user group and, and I couldn't find one. So I, of course I went to LinkedIn and I just did a search for SharePoint, you know, and you can put in the location and you can't even put Nairobi. It's only Kenya. So you get the entire country, right. right? So I've got to filter through those and try to find the people that are there. Found probably the first 50 people that I talked to said, said, no, there's not a user group here. I'm probably the only person in the country actually using SharePoint. And I said, well, I just talked to 49 other people who think they're the only one. So I may have to fly over there and introduce y'all to each other. Right. 
So I knew these guys um, that traveled around and talked about SharePoint, and they had been they had been to Asia. They hadn't come to mind in Austin because they had been in uh, in South America and Antarctica talking about <laughs> talking yeah. about SharePoint. At Penguins so, use SharePoint, so uh, yeah, the Penguins apparently use SharePoint. No, there's an international community down there, yeah. and so uh, you know the the Russians have all the vodka, the Chinese have all the internet, you know. And so anyway, they all work together. So they came out and they did. Um, uh, they they talked with them, and I said, hey, you guys haven't been to Africa yet. How about if you do an Africa tour, um, and stop in Nairobi on a Saturday, and we'll do a SharePoint Saturday, and. Uh, and they said, ah, I don't know about that. And one of them said, absolutely, we're going to do that. Yeah. So I reached out to a guy that I knew uh, in Cape Town who I'd met at a conference in D.C. And I said, hey, could you fly up to Kenya? I don't, I don't know how far that is. I don't know how difficult, you know, is that a cultural thing that you can even do? And he said, yeah, sure. I'd, of course I'd come up. I said, I've never been there, but I'd love to. Yeah. And he said, but let me know when you're going to do Nairobi and we'll do Cape Town's SharePoint Saturday, the Saturday before that. So those guys that are traveling through can stop in Cape Town and then they can stop in Nairobi and where they go before that or after that, I don't really care. Yeah. And so, um, uh, so anyway, that's what happened. So, so September, um, uh, September, 2012, we actually, I, I flew over to, to Johannesburg, went down to Cape Town, spoke at the SharePoint Saturday there, went up to Nairobi, spent a week and, um, <coughs> and, uh, and, and we did a SharePoint Saturday there. We had a hundred people show up. Yeah. at the first one. And, uh, and that was pretty exciting because the Cape town guy, he said, he said, you know how many we had at our first one? I was like, how many? And he said, 15. 15. And they had a user group. <laughs> they knew, they knew people. So, but I did all of that through LinkedIn, um, reach out and, uh, and kind of use the tools that were available to me there to, uh, to communicate and, and, and meet some guys, um, there in Nairobi that were willing to, uh, to step up and, and, and I had speakers that were, that were local and I had, uh, some folks that were hosting it. Um, somebody pro provided food, somebody provided t-shirts, um, Microsoft didn't figure out what we were doing. The guy at, 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 in East Africa didn't figure it out until we got there, but then they said, Oh yeah, we'd like to pay for the speaker dinner. So you know, <laughs> that worked out very last minute, but, yeah. uh, but we had a great time. And the thing that I really loved about it is that they didn't just, I didn't just come in and do a conference and then leave. Um, these guys actually caught the vision for what we do with the SharePoint Saturday, and that's making those connections. Um, they, uh, we always do a SharePoint after the SharePoint Saturday. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so we're sitting there at the SharePoint and I look over and, and three or four of these guys that I've been talking to through LinkedIn, they got their heads down and they're talking and they're, 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 they're making plans. Yeah. And the very next month they had their first user group meeting. A year later, they they had their own SharePoint Saturday, you know, conference that they they organized completely on their own. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But it says in Nairobi, SharePoint Saturday founder Jim Bob Howard. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So, so you've 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 taken that, and now you spend a lot of time working on LinkedIn and, and training on LinkedIn, training others right. to use LinkedIn to form connections and uh, to help their business and, and, and their life. So talk, talk about your LinkedIn training and what you're doing with that. Well, what I found was that a lot of people use LinkedIn for um, a place to post their resume. You know, if you go and look at it, it looks like, well, here's all the great things that I've done and, and, I, and I do these couple of things um, now. Mm -hmm. And so when you go and you look at their, at their LinkedIn profile, well, a lot of them don't have a picture or they have a picture of themselves where they've been cut out of a family picture, you know, maybe their dogs in the picture or it's not a professional headshot. 
Um, I, there have been a couple of situations where I've been trying to connect with someone that I met on LinkedIn and, and I'm meeting them for coffee. And so right before uh, we meet, I get a text from them. It's like, I'm wearing a blue shirt. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, that seems kind of creepy, but uh, you know, I don't want you telling me, you know, texting me what you're wearing, um, you know, because there should be a picture uh, of you on LinkedIn. So I know, I, I know what you look like and I can find you when I, when we meet face to face. So people using their profile as a resume, um, people not understanding the way that you can search on LinkedIn and find people on LinkedIn. Um, and then just, just kind of some basics on how to connect with you. Um, you know, what works and what work. And so I had a lot of people that were asking me questions. And so we did training on it and we filled a room and, and said, Oh, I think we've got something here. Um, let's offer this, you know, more in a more formal, formal environment. Yeah. <coughs> So, and, and, and that was, we, we, we worked together on the Unstuck Project. We both stoked your Bridgestone Arena here in Nashville, the, uh, the Unstuck mm-hmm. Business Conference. And we, we've got the book that's out now, Unstuck, the uh, you know, 10 Proven right. Strategies for Breaking Through the Barriers to Small Business Growth. And you wrote in Unstuck about forming connections online right. and offline. And, and I love the quote that you had that uh, forming connections is often about finding ways to help people. And that's often by introducing them to other people who can help. So tell, tell us how that, come, how that works and, and, and comes into play. Because most people, they meet somebody, well, they want to sell them something. You know, I don't want to introduce them to somebody. Exactly. So, right. And so, you know, a lot of people, you know, kind of follow the, the, um, the philosophy of always be closing, especially when you're in sales. I'm always be closing, always ABC, be closing. Baby. Exactly. And, and I, and I, and I ascribe to a different philosophy and that's always be making connections. So I changed the ABC to always be connecting um, because what I want people to do is to be able to listen, right? Cause if you're always trying to close, you're always trying to get that yes. And all you're listening for is a yes or a no. So you can move on. What I'm trying to listen for, or what I want my, my, my students to listen for is what is this person's need? Does my product actually meet that need? If they've got a really big payment, and, and a lot of times, yes, I do have a product that would be helpful for them, but is that their biggest pain? Mm-hmm. Is that really where, where they're, they're really feeling tension currently? Um, if, if, if they need you know, a service that I don't provide, but that's the thing that's keeping them up at night, and they can't even think about the thing that, that I can provide for them, well, I want to try to solve that solution, right? Mm-hmm. And so... So the way I see connecting and making networks or, 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 or doing networking is you're doing one of two things. You're either building a bridge. So you're making a, making a connection or a road that wasn't there before, or you're removing a roadblock. So the connection's there, but something's keeping it from actually happening. Mm-hmm. So, so I, so one of the things, and I probably build bridges more than I remove roadblocks, but let me just kind of give the roadblock um, analogy here for a second. There's one event that I, that I, um, that I attend on a regular basis uh, here in the Nashville area. Um, and it has to do with faith in film. Now I'm a software you know, consultant, so I don't, I don't take a lot to that. I'm like, I'm not looking for people that, that there that are going to be looking for, for software um, services, but, but I have a, I have a strong personal interest in seeing that community grow um, and seeing them be able to meet their needs. Right. So I show up at this event and there's always a great speaker and I always love that, that aspect of it too. And there's always coffee and there's always, um, always bagels and, and that's fantastic. 
what typically happens at the end of the conversation or at the end of the presentation is um, is the leader says, okay, well, you know, we'd like to thank our, our host for uh, for providing all the stuff. Um, let's thank them by cleaning up after ourselves. So let make sure you pick up your coffee, make a, put your get your bagel and throw it away, and those types of things. So these people are there to con to connect, right? To find their next gig. You've got actors that are looking for a director. You've got directors that are looking for producers. You've got songwriters that are looking, you know, they're all trying to make these connections with one another to work for their next gig, but they're standing there with trash in their hands. So they've got an empty cup. They've got an empty plate. They've got a, they've got a napkin. And while they're continuing to try to have a conversation with someone, they've got this roadblock right in their way. And that's, that's a burden that's, that's, first of all, it keeps them from being able to shake hands, to be able to, to, to share a business card, to share a CD, to share a book, whatever. Um, but they're also, while they're having this conversation, thinking, where's the trash can? What do I do with this? And so they're trying to think about what do I do with all of that? So the first thing I do is I go around and I pick up all the trash. I'm not, the connections that I make with people um, are not going to be the thing that most of them are looking for, right? Um, I've got software. They're trying to they're trying to film a movie. They're trying to find a location where they can do stuff. And so what I do instead is I go around to the tables and I pick up all of the trash and I start doing the cleanup. I take things out of people's hands so that they're free to do the networking because I want them to network. Mm -hmm. um, and so I will take that stuff and I'll go throw it away just to remove that roadblock and remove that burden from, from them. Now, building a bridge, that's a lot easier. That's introducing somebody, right? Yeah. So I listen to your need. I hear what it is that you're looking for. Who would be a good introduction for you? Who would, who would help you move your business along? And I know a guy, right? So I'm going to introduce you and I'm going to build that bridge. It's like, hey, here's somebody that you need to know. Yeah. I know a guy who knows a guy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So your, your, your chapter in Unstuck, tell us, tell us about uh, what people are going to find in there. Well, it's, it's, it's a lot of... Uh, a lot of the things that I do as far as doing is making connections, right? So um, finding events that you can invite people to. Um, uh, it's really hard when you go to an event and you meet somebody for the first time and there's a big room and you're trying to meet a number of people and maybe you're just getting a whole bunch of business cards. It's hard to make a connection the first time you meet somebody. Mm -hmm. So what I try to do is run those business cards and figure out what they do, try to take a little bit of notes if necessary, um, and then, and then I'll find another event that I can invite them to. Well, now they've seen me twice and I've provided some value to them. So the thing that I, the, that I, um, ascribe to as far as, especially for connecting, it's very much the, the Gary Vaynerchuk, um, way of thing, doing things, which is the jab, 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 right hook. Right. But I actually never, I never land the right hook. It's yeah. always jab, 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 which is I'm giving value, I'm giving value, I'm giving value, I'm giving value. I'm inviting to this, I'm introducing this way, I'm listening to your need, I'm connecting with the people that, that can serve you. My name just comes up mm -hmm. without me having to ever land a right hook. People call me out of the blue and say, hey, I need software, and so-and-so said you're a great guy, and you, inv you in in invested in them, connected them with certain people. Um, and so that's what I, that's what I cover in, in, in my chapter. It's about making those connections and ways that you can do that. All right. And so most of the people watching the show, they are, they are, they, they're not big companies. They're, they're salespeople and they're selling right. insurance or they're selling real estate or they're selling automobiles or they're a chiropractor in uh, Boise, Idaho. Right. So let's talk about how, well, I promise everyone one action step, one thing that they can do today when they leave the show, they can shut off the show, turn it up, put their phone down, 
one thing that they can do today to make a connection, to strengthen a connection, to use a connection, to, to give value to someone else and but improve their lives and their business. So what's, what's your one action step that we can walk away from this with? I would say the, the one action that's probably the most impactful for any of them is find a place where you can invite somebody to come along. Uh, find a place where they're going to find a connection that's going to be a good fit for them um, and invite them to come along. I, I've asked so many people to be a guest at, at an event and they've made a connection that has landed a big deal. Um, and, and so they turn around and they want to do the same thing for me. Yeah. So the power of the invitation. So you, you have, you have, you're inviting people, you're connecting people to other people who can't connect. I was, I was reading through your chapter, uh, early, earlier day. And, uh, you had, you had a couple of, a couple of strategies that, uh, were like for when you're going to convention to, to stand between the door and the bar, but don't right. eat. So. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's, and that's, that's huge. So a lot of times, um, when you have an event, food is provided in order to draw people in. But if you're there to make connections, um, having, having your hands full of food is really makes that difficult. You can't reach for a business card. To, you can't reach to shake hands. It's the whole thing back to the, back to the, the, the faith and film breakfast that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. um, if you've got your hands full um, or your mouth full, it's really hard to make those type of connections. Now, if you stand by the bar or you stand by the coffee for a breakfast um, and you're by the door, um, everyone who comes through is going to, going to be going for that, right? The first thing that they're looking for, if they don't know anybody in the room is they're going to be going for, going for a drink, going for a snack, you know, whatever. Um, and so if you stand between the door and there, everybody who enters the room is going to walk past you. Now you're not going to have a conversation with every single one of those, but, but you're going to have a conversation with a lot more of them than you would if you were standing in a corner somewhere waiting for people to come to you. You've got nothing to offer if nobody knows you except for a smile on your face maybe, but somebody may see that smile on your face and think, Oh, he's going to try to sell me something. Right. If he just happens to be standing by the bar, standing by the coffee, you know, well, I'm going to be standing there getting coffee and it's, it's, it's a, it's a very safe way to, uh, to engage with people. So it's uh, that, that, that is one strategy that I definitely use. I'll give you another one too. When you walk into uh, walk into an event and you're trying to figure out who is the connector, who's the person here that's going to introduce me to the most people stand between the bar and the drinks meet somebody. And one of the questions you ask them is, Hey, who else do you know here? Mm -hmm. Whoever they point out when you're done talking with that conversation, go talk to that person and say, who else do you know here? Yeah. If that chances are, that is going to be the person. And if it's not the second person, it's going to be the third person. The second person is probably going to be the one that's like, Oh, well, I know, I know that one. And I know this one. I know that one. I know that one. That's the person that you want to get, you want to sit down and have coffee with. Yeah. And, and I, I've, I've, I've I read um, when I was when I was working on my first book, Better Self Help for the rest of us. I got really interested in the idea of network theory, which is about you know it's it's about you know it's, it's about a lot of things, but it turns out to be true in human life. In the book, uh, there's another book called Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, and it turns out there's these things called super connectors. There's certain right. people who know everybody, and if you know the right. super connector, you get plugged in to their network as well. Exactly. Yeah, the tipping point was a huge book for me. I had a friend who, who I was just making connections and hadn't really even thought about it. And he said, you know what you are? You're a connector. I'm like, what? And yeah. he said, the tipping point. And so I went and I read it and I said, ah, yeah, that is what I do. Yeah. <coughs> 
So, but you said you're in software. Now you work for a company here in Nashville called Journey Team. Tell us, right. tell us that. And, and I love to hear you talk about this because you talked about what you, you end up solving problems by making the net connections. You make them in the real world and you, then yep. you, you use network theory and, and you make these same connections and, and solve these system problems in the, uh, in, in, in the software, the virtual world. You've got to, That's right. you've got to link these two together. Yeah, absolutely. So the, the software that I that I specialize in is called SharePoint. It's a Microsoft platform. Um, everybody and their and their mother has bought it from Microsoft. They've done a great job of selling it. Uh, but a lot of people don't know how to use it. What it is though, it is a it's a document repository. So everybody's got documents that they're working on, but it's more than just a repository. It's a place where you can collaborate on those documents. So I call it a document repository and collaboration platform. It's a communication tool between people on a team throughout an organization and even externally. So it's an electronic space where you can do all of your communications, all of your marketing, all of your sales communications. You just have to tweak it to do what you need it to do. So what my company does is we come in and we understand and, and learn what your business process is. And then we make, we provide you with a software or modify your software so that it does what you need it to do so you don't have to think about software anymore. So we want to take that completely out of your hands um, and, and so that you just have it available to use. Now, if you needed to create a new document, the first thing is you're going to do is you're going to go open up Microsoft Word in most cases. Um, if you're going to work with a spreadsheet, you're going to go use Excel. If you put those documents in SharePoint, you now have the ability to collaborate with other people in your organization who are who can use those same uh, use those same tools. So you can co-author documents. You can work on a spreadsheet together from different places uh, in different places around the world if you're on the same network. And so um, so it gives you that that flexibility to be able to do that. Another thing I really love about SharePoint is that it has um, has what is known as workflows. So as you're putting documents in, you're collaborating in a certain way. Um, these workflows have the ability to, to listen when something happens. So I create something new, I update something, I delete something, um, that fires off a trigger that says, what do you want me to do now, right? And so this workflow will say, we'll, we'll go through and, and maybe seek approval because there's a new document in place or something, somebody added something to a list which fired off another thing. Um, one, uh, one of our companies, one of our customers uses it for onboarding. So mm -hmm. when you have a new person that comes onto, um, comes onto your team, a number of things need to happen. They need to get a new laptop. They need to be entered into HR. They need to get set up with benefits. Um, you know, it's, it's just this list of things um, that they need to be able to do. So that list of things is pretty much the same for everybody or it may, may differ by department, but those decisions have already been made. And so once those decisions are made about what it takes to onboard somebody, well, now you can create an automated process using SharePoint to capture that information, to be a, a place where, uh, where you can collaborate on that information. You can see a task list of the things that need to be done. Um, and, and the workflows can just automate you through that process so that you can get somebody on board faster um, and, and, make sure, and, and you make sure that you haven't missed anything, right? Because things have to happen in a certain order. Right. Now, this can't happen until that happens. Um, so you create workflows that manage that type of thing so that you can get people on board faster and get them productive faster. Removing the roadblocks to productivity. So. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So Jim, Bob, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, if they wanted some LinkedIn training, if they wanted to right. see you speak, if they wanted to attend your LinkedIn Ninja classes, if they needed some help with SharePoint or if Pat Sajak calls and just wanted to reconnect, <laughs> how do we get in touch with you? 
the best place to find me is on my blog. It's uh, called connectorman.com. So all my connection information is there. My Twitter handle um, is JB Howard, but it's, it's listed there as well. Um, you can send me a note through there. You can read my blog um, and connect with me there. So connectorman. Connectorman.com. And of course, the book is available now on Amazon. Unstuck right. 10 Proven Strategies for Breaking Through the Barriers to Small Business Growth. Jim Bob, thank you so much for being on the show. Have a fantastic day. Let me know how I can help. Sounds great. Thanks, Terry. It's been great being here. All right. Bye-bye, buddy. Being the boss is fun. Taking your ideas, turning them into something new, and watching it grow. Oh, it's a lot of work. But it's a lot of fun. Until it's not. Most businesses reach a point where good ideas, common sense, and hard work just aren't enough anymore. They get stuck. Now, it's time to get unstuck. Unstuck 10 Proven Strategies for Breaking Through the Barriers to Small Business Growth. Get your copy today and get unstuck. Get you some radio. You've been listening to the Get You Some Radio Show. Subscribe today at terrylancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big, wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and get you some.